Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. It is Friday, and we could not be happier that you have joined us here on the Three Martini Lunch. John Gabriel, Editor-in-Chief at Ricochet, the undisputed King of Stuff, host of the King of Stuff podcast, in for Jim Garrity, who's at the National Review Institute event in Texas. Jim will be back on Monday. John, great to have you with us again. Thanks for being here. Great to be on, Greg. We have good, bad, and crazy martinis for conservatives to wrap up the work week here. And we start with good news out of New Jersey. And of course, we have to couch what qualifies as good news in New Jersey, because the Republican running for governor there is still behind. Odds are he's probably going to lose, but the race is a lot tighter than it was not that long ago. And just like in Virginia, although Terry McAuliffe has certainly contributed to his uh, uh, decline in that race, uh, you got to think that the uh, horrific poll numbers for Joe Biden are making the New Jersey uh, race uh, tighter as well. Latest poll out of New Jersey from Emerson College. And the uh, current governor of New Jersey is Democrat Phil Murphy. His Republican challenger is Jack Chatterelli. Uh, A new Emerson College PIX11 poll of the New Jersey gubernatorial race finds Governor Phil Murphy with a six-point lead over Republican challenger Jack Chatterelli, 50% to 44% among likely voters. 7% of voters are still undecided, and among the undecided voters, 59% are leaning towards Chatterelli and 41% are leaning towards Murphy. When these voters are allocated, the race tightens to four points, with Murphy at 52% and Chatterelli at 48%. And of course, that still in both polls puts uh, the incumbent Democrat at 50%. Uh, If you're undecided this late in the game, chances are you might not show up at all. So, uh, John, the odds are not good for Chatterelli, but if the Republican can even get within, you know, the margin of error in New Jersey, that's a good sign. And it could mean good things in Virginia, too, since the actual poll numbers show that as a dead heat. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chatterelli fever is sweeping the East Coast. (laughs) Uh, Wonderful to see. It kind of... uh, proves the thesis that uh, the bias in the media or just out-and-out partisanship actually hurts Democrats because they have no early warning system. Um, We've been hearing for months that Biden is wildly popular and everyone hates Republicans. And these supply chain issues, you know what? It's our, Our economy is so great. We just can't get all the stuff into our ports. It's just overflowing with abundance. Uh, But instead, Democrats seem utterly blindsided by the fact that Joe Biden isn't popular, maybe because he does the weird whisper thing like I just did. But he's just not a popular president. Things aren't going well. People feel like something is off. And uh, you can see it in a place like New Jersey. Um, It really has to be alarm bells time for Democrats throughout the rest of the country. Um, In every state, pretty much, uh, people seem flummoxed that Biden's polling is so low. Even Stephen Colbert made fun of Joe Biden's low polling numbers last night. That's probably the first time he's ever told a joke about Joe Biden, I would think. So Democrats really have to be getting nervous out there because this is a year from the election. And does anybody think, or the big, big midterms, and does anyone think Joe Biden is going to somehow pull it together all of a sudden become competent and get his poll numbers back up. Um, Looking pretty rough. And uh, let's go uh, New Jersey. Hopefully, I don't know, at least they can keep it close. 
Yeah, let's hope so. And obviously a win would be even better. But no, I mean, if you look at Terry McAuliffe's campaign in Virginia, I think it's pretty much what every Democrat's going to try to do next year. And that's say, hey, this Republican, he's uh, joined at the hip with Donald Trump, whether that's true or not. Uh, And uh, we'll see how well it works in Virginia. We'll see if it works elsewhere. But, uh, you know, it's... It's it just shows that the Democrats really have uh, one card in their pocket at this point. And uh, right now, the numbers seem to be heading uh, very much against them. And, you know, especially in the Virginia race, you know, what happens in Washington matters a lot. And ever since uh, the debacle in Afghanistan began, and I don't want to say ever since the debacle by itself, because it's still happening, even though a lot of people are trying to pretend it's over, um, you know, he's not recovered from that. And then the rest of the problems have just snowballed. And so uh, it's fascinating. But you mentioned, I, I think, just as an aside, uh, the, the the rare joke at Joe Biden's expense. I feel like late night in particular, but just kind of comedy in general has changed over the last decade. I feel like uh, liberal comics felt like you couldn't uh, make fun of Obama. And then they hated Trump so much, they just stopped being funny and just started making political comments. And now they're back to usually just defending uh, Joe Biden and not even actually being that funny about it. So uh, are we ever going to get comedy back in, on a political level? Wow. Um, Greg Gutfeld better hope we don't because <laughs> he is the only he has the entire field to himself to actually tell jokes about both sides, which he's always done going back to the red eye days. He yeah. makes fun of both sides. And that's so bizarre in late night right now. Oh, my gosh, you're not only attacking um, the other guy. It's really sad to see because I don't know, you're probably like me grew up, you know, sneaking out of my bedroom at night and trying to catch the whatever late night comedian might be on. And it's just a disaster now. You know, they're all aligning their messages for let's fight climate change and let's have Greta Thunberg on. It's like, oh, that is some comedy gold there. We went from Richard Pryor uh, and Dave Chappelle now to Greta Thunberg giving her stand-up routine. Um, those guys better figure it out because it just seems like that entire idea of entertainment, a chat show, it just doesn't work anymore if you're not going to be funny. Exactly. I mean, I remember watching Saturday Night Live when Data Carvey was making fun of Bush Sr. and, uh, you know, other Republicans along the way, as well as they they poked fun of Clinton, obviously, a lot. Um, But, uh, you know, pretty much ever since the uh, George W. Bush era, I mean, I remember laughing at Jon Stewart when he was making fun of Republicans. And when was the last time a Daily Show clip went viral about anything? It just doesn't anymore. Yeah. Now, Jon Stewart's new show, um, the episode, the most recent episode title was The Problem with freedom and he was serious so um whew, good good luck comedy um glad Chappelle's still around and we still have norm mcdonald clips to watch endlessly on youtube yes i've watched a lot of norm mcdonald clips, especially <laughs> in, in the last few weeks uh right endless entertainment endless entertainment well you know john what a lot of these comedy writers and hosts might need is just a nicer chair to do their work in as they prep for their show. And that's where the X chair comes in. You've heard Jim raving about the X chair over and over again. And there's a good reason for that. I mean, this chair has the LMX massage. It's got temperature regulation. It's got dynamic variable lumbar support. So your back will never be happier. Temperature regulation and massage alone really uh, should do it for you. But uh, uh, you can try the X chair for yourself risk-free for 30 days. You'll love the high performance, quality engineering, and extreme comfort. 
He absolutely loves his X chair, and I know you will too. So once you realize how much better your chair could be, you're never going to go back. Go to xchairmartini.com now. That's the letter X chair, M A R T I N I.com, or call 1 844 4X chair for $100 off your order. X chair has a 30 day guarantee of complete comfort, and you can finance your purchase for as little as $30 per month. Again, xchairmartini.com. All right, John, on to our bad martini now. And this general topic has been the bad martini a number of times in the last couple of weeks. And that is, uh, first of all, the National School Board Association letter uh, to the Biden administration asking for certain parents to be investigated as potential domestic terrorists for the way they've disrupted school board meetings. And officially, it's for threats made, but you can tell by the the net they're casting that they're actually uh, describing parents far beyond actual physical threats. And then, of course, uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland is uh, sending the FBI after these parents. Well, this shouldn't come as any surprise, John, but uh, now we actually know it's true for sure, thanks to uh, the Free Beacon and the group Parents Defending Education. Turns out that the National School Board Association, long before that letter came out, was collaborating with the Biden White House uh, before the letter and then sending out the FBI to investigate parents as uh, potential domestic terrorists. The emails show that the CEO sent the letter to Biden on September 29th without approval from the organization's board. And uh, the emails also show that the White House asked the association for examples of threats against school board members days before Merrick Garland created the task force. And so I don't know that this is, you know, non-typical for liberal interest groups to to do this. I saw uh, a couple of people on Twitter pointing out that this smacks a lot of uh, when the Democrats are are running the executive branch and, and then environmental groups will sue over something and then they'll they'll settle with those environmental groups to basically give them what they want because they agreed with it anyway. And so this this is kind of a, that same type of collusion here. What do you think? Yeah, it's still so disgusting to see. Uh, we're living in an era where facts they don't like in the administration are all of a sudden misinformation. And uh, people who disagree with them, voters, parents uh, who are just participating in democracy um, like they're supposed to, uh, they're domestic terrorists. And all this has done is just reignite um, the school board meetings. It's absolutely crazy. You know, I, I know several months ago when the protests were sur- first starting to bubble up, I had people contact me saying, hey, are you interested in running for your, the local school board? Uh, people were organizing via email, Facebook, you name it, trying to get people on these school boards to turn things around. Um, this really is this National School Board Association's worst nightmare, but this is what democracy looks like. It's parents getting out there and actually caring about their children. It's citizens getting out there and actually caring about uh, the people attempting to govern them. And we should be encouraging it. This is not terrorism. This is the great American experiment. And yes, there's a couple nutty outliers who might be overly aggressive at these meetings, but they are just a couple people in a sea of very concerned parents who just want to improve things and kind of wish instead of celebrating International Pronoun Day, uh, they were teaching their kids how to read a book. You know, <laughs> this this is not a terrorist uh, just trying to get their kids to maybe read a classic every now and again. Um, sorry, the, these are not uh, Islamist extremists. Um, while we're accommodating the Taliban in Afghanistan, we're investigating parents who care about their safety of their kids, like we had um, 
in Virginia recently. So um, it, it is really awful. And thank you so much, Mitch McConnell, for keeping this Merrick Garland fellow off the Supreme Court, because what have that been of a disaster? Oh, my goodness. He has proven over and over again in just the first few months that that was perhaps the best thing Mitch McConnell and the Republicans in the Senate have ever done. I mean, he was rolled out as this. This is such a compromise by the Obama administration. Now, we know that it's the Scalia seat, so we're sensitive to that. And so we've really tried to pick a a real moderate here. Baloney. Yeah. And he's just rolling over for the administration repeatedly, uh, which is, boy, if something like this happened in reverse during Trump, it just would have been, oh, my gosh, this is worse than Russian collusion, which didn't pan out, of course. Um, they're, they're just working hand in glove with the White House. And I think all conservatives um, need to be on the lookout because this is going to keep happening, at least for the next couple of years. Uh, so we better keep our eyes peeled as uh, Biden tries to even the score with his domestic enemies, the terrorists known as anyone who disagrees with him. Exactly right. And we talked about media bias yesterday when, in terms of how the media looked at the Maverick McCain versus the Maverick Kirsten Cinema. And uh, now, if you just go back over the last four administrations, uh, Hillary Clinton said, uh, you know, rising up and protesting the George W. Bush administration was the height of patriotism. Then Tea Party protesters were, of course, a bunch of racists because they opposed the uh, the Obama administration. Uh, then, you know, democracy dies in darkness and, uh, you know, you have to stand up to uh, the evil that the Trump administration is doing. And now if you oppose Joe Biden, you're a domestic terrorist. So uh, the pendulum is uh, quite predictable here. It always is. And uh, a nice blessing, actually, um, that kind of happened in reverse under Trump is just exposing who these people actually are, not only the Democratic Party, but how the press covers things. People are just rolling their eyes. They are not trusting these people. And uh, to for them to pose as the arbiters of capital T truth um, is less believable now than it ever has been. I, I think they've lost audiences for a generation and they see they show no signs of uh, getting their act together. No, the last shred of objectivity. There wasn't much left before that, to be sure. But uh, once Trump became the nominee, uh, forget it. Now, don't forget that they cheered for him to become the nominee because they thought they could beat him and then, and they would have great ratings. But uh, uh, once he actually became a, a viable option, uh, boy, uh, there was no shred of objectivity left. And now it's just pure activism. Yeah. And anytime um, anyone criticizes Biden for everything, you still have the, but what about Trump? Um, Sorry, folks, uh, the polls in New Jersey and around the country, um, the anger at the school board, it has literally nothing to do with Donald Trump. It has to do with the incompetence of the current administration and uh, local Democratic officials. People are really, really ticked off. And the Democrats better realize that and change tax somehow, uh, spending millions or trillions, I should say, of dollars on a fake infrastructure boondoggle. That will not help them in the slightest, uh, especially when the check comes due. So um, maybe govern as the uniter, the moderate that you campaigned as Joe Biden and uh, stop these crazy fever dreams of being the next FDR. Very well said. I mean, the whole reason he was nominated, so he wasn't a complete loon like Bernie Sanders. And then he waltzes into office and basically pushes the Bernie agenda. So 
Go figure. All right. After that, you need to relax a little bit. So uh, grab your my pillow. Grab your my pillow towels. Uh, your your slippers. I love their slippers. Uh, but the Giza Dream Sheets is where you can get the great deal right now for a limited time. Buy one get one free on any Giza Dream Sheets. Imagine sliding into the most comfortable sheets you will ever own, guaranteed. It's made from the world's best cotton. These sheets are fantastic. Uh, we love them. My wife and I have them uh, on the bed all the time. As soon as we uh, need to wash them, we put them right back on. They're durable. They're soft. They just feel great. They're available in a wide variety of really nice colors and sizes. Uh, they're machine washable, and you have a 60-day money-back guarantee plus a one-year limited warranty. And so for a limited time, buy one, get one free on all Giza Dream Sheets. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use the promo code MARTINI at checkout. Or call 800-874-0104 and find deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, the MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Don't miss this sale of the year. That's MyPillow.com, promo code MARTINI, or call 800-874-0104. Sleep better with MyPillow.com. We have a lot of crazy topics for our crazy martini uh, on a day-to-day basis. Some are more outrageous than others. This one is Hall of Fame caliber worthy for the crazy martini. And John, I have to give you credit for this because you retweeted this the other day, and that's where I first saw this. It's from the New Republic, which has gone completely off the rails from where it was a generation ago. It used to be, you know, center left, and now it's just uh, almost clickbait for lunatic uh, left-wing ideas. But the the tweet that uh, got your attention and mine was, What do suburban neighborhood spats, climate activism, and indigenous traditions have in common? They're all feeding into a growing movement to grant trees legal rights. So as we dig into the story, let's take a look. They're uh, first of all talking about a couple of examples. There's a big fight in British Columbia about some trees that are believed to be about 250 years old. And so there's a bunch of protesters out there uh, in an area called Fairy Creek that says, uh, and they say on one of the signs, what gives you the right to cut down trees older than Western society? And the New Republic says, it's a prescient question. The matter of the tree's rights to clean air and water, to profits, and maybe to existence itself is looking like the next frontier of global climate action. So what would this look like? Well, deeper into the story, they quote a recently deceased professor named Christopher Stone, who almost 50 years ago, 1972, was at the University of Southern California who wanted to grant trees and all kinds of other natural features, including mountains, rivers, and eventually the whole planet, legal rights. Quote, the world of the lawyer is peopled with inanimate rights holders, Stone wrote in the Southern California Law Review. And so since we give rights to corporations and nation states and ships, wasn't aware of that one either, why not trees? And so he wants to have a conservatorship model. And the New Republic admits it doesn't even work for people. When you look at Britney Spears and Nichelle Nichols, who of course was Uhura on Star Trek and her very sad situation. But yeah, they want to appoint conservators for trees uh, that would institute legal actions at the tree's behest. I'm not sure how the tree asks for legal representation in court. But uh, right now, tree wars in the United States are between humans. The rights of natural features have no real legal standing. People go to court because the river is polluted and has compromised people's drinking water, not simply because the river itself had a right to be whole and healthy. And he actually defended uh, himself against... uh, 
what arguments he knew was coming because, you know, his arguments are, are lunacy here. But uh, he says that, uh, you know what else was uh, considered white man's property? Women, children, enslaved people weren't seen as worthy of rights until rights were granted to them. The earth itself should get some legal standing of its own. John, call me crazy. I think this is a way for a lot of left-wing people to raise a lot of money uh, for themselves and to sue people. Because uh, un- until you have the, you know, the maybe the oaks and the elms and the pine trees have different views on this stuff. I don't know how you all get them on the same page. My favorite part of the article isn't actually written by the author of the article. It's an ad right in the middle of this utter insanity that says, <laughs> for fearless reporting in defense of democracy, subscribe now to the new republic. Um, well, I guess this is fearless because they weren't afraid of being laughed out of the room with this. Um, we have a situation where human beings, actually living human beings, are being denied their rights. Uh, they're called domestic terrorists, and trees <laughs> are considered even more important than these uh, troublesome humans who might disagree with us. It's obviously a cash grab for a very creative lawyer, to say the least, uh, kind of uh, British Columbia's version of Better Call Saul, I guess. He's like, huh, I have an idea. I can make a lot of money here. But to give trees legal rights, um, even if held in Britney Spears type conservatorship, um, is beyond, beyond insane. Um, and them trying to act like the trees don't belong to the white man. Well, yeah, I, I live in the great American Southwest. Many of my neighbors are not the white man. They have trees too, sometimes even cacti. So so I guess maybe I can make my money um, going into conservatorship for the cacti around my area and protecting anyone from complaining when they get uh, hit by any of their needles. I, I don't know. It's hard to even know where to start to criticize this because, wow, uh, dear the left, um, you might want (laughs) to pull some of these crazies out because you are not helping yourselves at the ballot box. Yeah, I remember a story a couple of years ago about uh, animals getting legal rights and stuff, uh, like if they're in a zoo or they're believed to be mistreated or something like that. But yeah, now we're into trees, uh, which obviously cannot speak for themselves. But I would say, you know, if the left really wanted to help trees, they'd probably want to stop declaring war on carbon dioxide since, you know, that's how trees eat. Yeah, yeah. If we want forests to bloom, uh, we need more carbon dioxide that, that will help them a great deal. And then they, in return, bless us with oxygen. Um, The weird thing now, too, is I'm an old fella. You know, (laughs) I've been around the block a little bit. In the 70s, um, all of this was supposed to be gone. I was, of course, promised that there would be a new ice age that would kill everything off. But I think environmentalists should have a positive mentality. Uh, Things in the 70s, if you see photos of like the air in Pittsburgh and things like that, It was a real nightmare in a lot of parts of this country. Things have improved a great deal, and we're still acting like, I don't know, we're on the set of Soylent Green or something like that. Like, you know, we only have three trees left, and they're in this little bubble so we can protect them. Things have gotten much better, and I think it's past time for environmentalists to say, look, we've already improved all these different things. You know, you don't see trash covering the side of every freeway you drive down. You don't see smokestacks belching filth into the air anymore. Yeah, well, we did that, and we want to make it slightly better. Um, Instead, it's just this apocalyptic rhetoric, and oh my gosh, all the trees are going away. 
guys, guys, you've made some good victories. How about doing this positive approach? Um, I don't know, more carrot than stick. Stick, of course, being related to trees. And uh, stop this absolute insanity. <laughs> we are not going to run out of trees anytime soon here. They do not need legal rights. And uh, why don't we just ensure that human beings have legal rights? Like, I don't know, say the Uyghurs in China, maybe protect them for a couple decades, environmentalists. It might actually do more good. Very well said. Yeah, we're always a decade away from the apocalypse. I'm pretty sure most of Al Gore's predictions from the early 2000s have already expired and, you know, the uh, the, the horror has not uh, commenced. But you always have to have that that window of opportunity to get your massive government intrusion in because if you if you admit that your window is passed, well, then there's no money in it for you anymore. So uh, Exactly. And the Uyghurs do not pay their lawyers' fees on time. So let's go for the trees. Yeah. Well, are the trees deadbeats? Because, uh, you know, that's the... That's the key here, I guess. Can the trees pony up? Anyway, John, great to be with you. Let's uh, let's do it again sometime soon. Have a great weekend. That sounds fantastic. Great weekend, everybody. John Gabriel, editor-in-chief at Ricochet, host of the King of Stuff podcast, in for Jim Garrity the last couple of days. Jim will be back on Monday, as will I. Uh, please subscribe to the Three Martini Lunch podcast if you don't already. Tell your friends about us as well. Uh, we are very grateful for your kind reviews and your five-star ratings. Please keep those coming. Get us on your home devices. All you have to say is play Three Martini Lunch podcast. Follow us all on Twitter. John is at xjohn, E-X-J-O-N. Jim is at Jim Garrity, and I'm at Dateline underscore DC. Have a great weekend, and please join us again on Monday for the next Three Martini Lunch. Hi, it's Dana Lash, host of The Dana Show. Every day, I'm here to keep you up to speed on the most important stories and info that you need to know in your very busy life. And if you're always on the go and you want to stay connected, just download our daily podcast and take it with you. It's a great way to get up to speed on what you need to know and what legacy media may not be telling you. Visit danaradio.com and click on the podcast link or subscribe at iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.